Welcome to Fast Times at D&D High, where the times are fast and so are Cecil's panic attacks. I'm your DM, Persephone, and I'm joined by our players. Nuance. I play Suri, a sad duckling. Ren. I play Cecil. Shit. Why? (laughs) I'm all like, customization is easy until I have to fucking do it. (laughs) <laughs> Metatro is kind of perfect for Cecil. Yeah, it really is. I play Cecil. This is fine. This is fine. We're moving on. Elise. I play Hudson, an elven barbarian himbo. Kara. I am Caro, and I play Ollie, who is a paladin. Just kidding. He's a rogue. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Assigned uh, cop at okay, first. Let's get started. Assigned cop at first. Uh, Derek. You are not to cut that one. That was funny, and they can be funny. So, yeah, Derek. Yeah, Derek. 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 You. Okay. (laughs) Hey, it's me, Hudson. Last time at Fast Times, we all decided to keep Cecil company in detention. Apparently, it's against the rules to turn into a turtle in the hallways here, which is so weird. Once we got out, we met Elmer and Ken. Elmer invited us to a sick party this Friday at the train graves, and as usual, Range and his posse had to show up and ruin it for everyone. I hate that guy. Kenneth didn't hesitate to step up to confront him, though. You know, Kenneth seems like a real great guy. It's weird that the two of them used to be friends. Anyways, Elmer took a stand and scared off Range, who honestly was kind of homophobic about it. Super uncool. Once Grange was gone, we all made a plan to go to the party so we could go underground and see if we could learn anything more about that magic techno box we found. Well, Ollie and I wanted to go to the party because it sounds like fun, but Suri and Cecil needed some extra motivation, so we compromised. I mean, even Ned said he was coming, so you know this party's gonna be lit. The best part about last episode, though, is that I found out that Suri lives at my house. How cool is that? Anyways, hope to see you at the party. It has been four days since you all started school. Not Ollie, of course. Ollie was there the previous week. This is the second week of school. And things have gone relatively normally, or normal for Varnum, anyway. You haven't found any other secret doors or hidden meanings or anything like that. You've gone to class. Uh, You still have detentions next week, but that's next week's problem. And... And it's now Friday at school. But before we get to that, I want to discuss what everyone has been doing in this time. So let's start with Oliver. Oliver, have you been going to the library to research what had happened or are you just going there to hang out? Uh, definitely a bit of both. Um, he's going to start by trying to find that uh, image with the diamond with the dragon around it, start searching, uh, you know, just first doing a general search and then eventually probably asking the librarian for help with it. Are you at the school library or the town library? 
town library. Okay. So, first, could you do me a favor and give me an insight check? Sure. Uh, yeah, that's a total of three. <laughs> you have the image of this dragon wrapped around the diamond. And you feel like it's something you've seen before, but you have no idea where. So you go to the town library, not the Varnum library, to go research. At the library, which is the Blue Petal Library, you know that this library was founded by the Blue Petals, who are a rich family that lives in town on the outskirts of Blue Petal Manor. They're incredibly wealthy, old blue blood family in Cadence. And you go in, it's this old converted building, historical landmark that used to be a mansion of a wealthy landowner here in Cadence that was donated after his death. So it's big old stone and towers. Uh, there's a clock tower in it, and it's in the town square across from town hall. When you go in, you see there's a woman behind the front desk standing underneath these old gaslight fixtures that aren't on because they've been replaced with electrical lighting that's above it. Because it is a historical landmark, they kept the fixtures from the old building from remodeling. Underneath there, you see a blue-haired teenage girl talking to an older elven woman with wrinkles around her eyes and laugh lines around her mouth. She is about 5'4 and has graying curly hair. You also see coming down a staircase holding a tower of books is a red-haired teenager. This girl, this, this sort of bird-like looking girl, she is elven but looks like she's been pulled thin. Like she was originally shorter and someone just grabbed her by the hair and pulled up, stretching her out to be sort of like a pet dispenser. She's very tall, straight, and long, has punkish side-swept orange hair that's clearly dyed and side-shaved. And she looks like she is about to fall under the weight of these books. And as she takes the first step, you see it start to wobble. I use Mage Hand to study the books. You cast Mage Hand out and you study the books. Uh, it's Honora, right? Uh, uh, uh. <sighs> Ollie, right? Yeah, Ollie. Yeah, it's Ollie. <laughs> Thank you. Was that your mage hand? Yeah. <sighs> Thank you. Uh, do you, do you need help? I I would not say no if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, no, I I'd love to help you. Okay. Um. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um. Yeah, go help her, because it looks like she's really struggling. You see the old woman behind the desk sort of laughs a little bit. You see Honora rolls her eyes. Claire, Claire, why are you like this? I'm sorry, I just like seeing havoc in my old age. You know how I am. The girl that's next to her with blue hair has this fringe that falls over one eye. She blows it out of the way. You're a really bad person, Claire. Like, why are you like this? I'm sorry, when you get to be my age, you get really bored. Really, really bored. I mean, I'd feel bad if she fell, but if she just dropped the books, it would have been hilarious. Uh, well, I'm sorry for your, uh, old. Just ignore her, Oliver. 
course it ollie i'm sorry i don't actually i mean both are correct so uh whatever you like okay ollie claire is just a little bit you know mischievous sure just ignore her sure she's not even the head librarian she's just a volunteer i could have been a head librarian you see the blue-haired girl rolls her own eyes and says you're not allowed to be a head librarian because you're awful and you don't have a degree who needs a degree to be a librarian you see honor and the blue-haired girl look at each other as if they have suffered for a very long time and then the blue-haired girl gets up lifts something from behind the desk it's a nail file and just walks away we deal with a lot of volunteers here especially some people who don't have anything better to do with their retirement so let's just let's just go put these books away yeah i mean what kind of a loser has nothing better to do than hang out in a library oh that's different claire just comes here to cause problems you're here to why are you here i'm assuming you want to read a book yeah that's that's yes that's true. Cool, that works. But if you could just help me carry these to the, the cart that's down on the first floor. These were all placed in the wrong section. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Thank you. Ollie takes, like, all the books. Okay, make a dexterity save to not fall down yourself. This should be okay. Please, please, please. No! <laughs> what did you get? I have a 10 total, so maybe I succeed. You take the first step and you wobble a little, but oh. you make it. It's the second step that gets you. Shit. And you drop the books down. You hear Claire's raspy laugh. <laughs> As Honora sighs, looks at you. Sorry. I, I really, I cannot judge you because I tried to do the same thing. Just Let's just pick these up, okay? You got it. You pick up the books and you move from the main entrance to one of the side rooms. The books you're carrying are mostly history and geography. And you go towards the history and geography reference section. You put those books on a cart that Honora gestures to. Thank you so much. Is there something that you need help with? I mean, you helped me and it's kind of my job. Yeah, actually, um, I am doing some research on a symbol that I feel like it's real familiar, but I'm not sure why. But I, I sketched it out. If uh, you might maybe be able to help me, uh, point me in the right direction anyway. Sure, show me it. And at this point, I'm going to have you make a performance check to see how good your drawing is and if it's legible. Oh, yeah. Uh, with performance, so I have a 15. It's a very nice sketch. You definitely captured even the light coming off the diamond. You hand the sketch over to Honora, and she looks at it and then looks back at you. Um, you go to Varnum, right? Yeah. This is the school logo. <laughs> you know, it, oh. it's like it's like on the front of the school. It, it, Wait, it also, but... it's like it's like Isadiah Varnum's seal. Oh. The hero. You, you know about I... Isadiah Varnum, right? I mean, you went to grade school, I, I assume. Yeah, I... Sorry, I'm really embarrassed now. Uh, no, I don't I don't mean to make you feel bad. I just, I mean, it's... it's That's what the symbol is. Was there something you were looking up related to it? Is this like a project? Well, yeah, I'm looking for, like, legends about, um... 
like strange things that might happen surrounding the legend of Isidaya Varnum and like maybe a group of four companions who have been chosen by magical rocks. Four companions? Yeah. You know with Isidaya Varnum there were nine heroes, right? Eight companions? Nine heroes? Wow. Okay. Yeah. You know, the founders of most of the schools. I mean, Beldwin didn't found a school, but he was in there too. Um, do you do you need like some information? It seems like you're very lost. Um, yeah, I would. Uh, I, I'm really embarrassed to say this, but I don't know a lot about history, and so if there's a book that I could read about this, okay. Um, I'm going to be very nice and not send you to the children's section. Um, sorry, that was a joke. That was a joke. Um, there are definitely a lot of records about the heroes. The heroes of Arya. They're, they're worldwide famous for the war with the Fell. Uh, you sure you don't remember this? Yeah, I, I just, I grew, I grew up in a, I didn't grow up in, in Arya. I, I grew up in a... Oh, but they know who they are so. too. After what happened with Array. I mean, like... Oh, you, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm being unkind. I don't know what your background is. I don't know anything about where you went to school or stuff like that. Um, why don't I just... I'll help you out. Come with me. Yeah, uh, totally. Uh, thanks. So she brings you over to the side of the history section, and you see that there is an entire bookshelf. And when I say bookshelf, I mean two aisles are filled with books and you see a sign over it saying Isidaya Varnum and Companions and that both sides are devoted to this. You see we actually have a pretty small collection about them. It's nothing like they have in bigger cities like Requiem or even the capital but I mean we have a lot. No, no, this is great. Uh, this will this will get me started at least. Uh, thanks. You're welcome. If you're looking for a primer, I suggest this book. And she pulls out. It's a thin volume, about an inch thick. It's a relatively recently made book or recently received because there's no dog earring. There's no damage that might have happened for other patrons. And the name of the book is Holy Shit: The Story of the Heroes by Thaddeus Bernstock. That's the actual title. Yes. Honora hands the book to you and says, I mean, this guy's written a lot of books in this series, but it's despite the title and despite the fact that he's kind of eccentric, uh, he's written some of the most interesting things about the heroes and their related accessories or partners or whatever you want to call them. Though, I mean, a lot of it's contested, but it's personally my favorite. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Is there anything else? Uh, no, no, thanks. Uh, appreciate it. Honora walks off. After she leaves, I'm going to open the book to the back jacket to read about Thaddeus Bernstock. You read. So you see a photo of a human man with a thick, light brown beard and very thick, very long hair that's tied back in the same color. He has his arms crossed and is looking stern at the camera, wherever the photo's being taken. And underneath it says, Thaddeus Bernstock, controversial scholar and historian, 
known for his revolutionary works on the heroes of Arya, as well as research into the archaeology of Scirocco and other countries, has written over 30 books of history and research that he has released over the past 25 years. Considered the most controversial scholar in all of Arya's history, some of the things that he has published have caused waves within the academic community, many calling his work fake or foolish or inappropriate, to which he responds that history cannot be history if we do not have a realistic view of both the winners and the losers, and there are always winners and losers, and I will be the one to enlighten that whether anyone likes it or not. That is why I wrote the Oh Shit series. Currently, he lives in Requiem with his pet dog, Oliver. Oh, that's a great name for a dog. Oh shit. <laughs> okay, uh, I go. I'm gonna go check this book out of the library. Take it with me. Cool. You go up to the front desk where Claire is still there. Getting a book, are we? That's the idea. I need your library card. Ollie hands over his library card. Are you sure this is your library card? Uh, I look at it, realize that it's a fake one. Oh, no, hold on. Put the real library card down. Are you sure this one is your actual library card? That one is, yeah. That, that one is. Okay. I shall put it through, but I'm not convinced. Are you trying to be fraudulent in the library? You look like trouble. <laughs> library fraud is an arrestable offense, Ali. Don't commit library fraud. You would download a book. <laughs> I don't trust anyone that has that many markings on but their skin. You have people who work here who have this many markings on the skin. I don't approve of them either. Alright, listen, can I just have the book, please? Now. Alright, uh, that sounds fair. Um, I'm going to take the book and leave. <laughs> you, you have to check that out! Ah, <laughs> uh, I, I stop. I go back in. All right, my card is there. Can you check that out from, for me, please? First, say you're sorry. I'm sorry. Do you know what you're sorry for? Making you angry. No, you're apologizing for the markings on your skin. I do not approve of them. What? I don't approve of them. It's just pen. It doesn't matter. It just says duck thick. I don't really know what the problem is. Is that a swear? I can't no. keep up with your kid's lingo. It's an animal. I can't stand like... looking at you anymore. I, I can't. I'll just okay, but... here you go. If you steal it, I'll come back to haunt you. Uh, okay. Get out. Holly leaves. Don't come back. And you leave the library. And at some point in the same week, you go see your dealer. So you go to the Heaven Deluxe Apartments. These apartments are in the 
southeast part of town overlooking the docks. It's a rougher part of town, not too far from where you and Cecil live, though you don't know where Cecil lives at the moment. You see that the front is strewn with trash. There are a few notices left by the homeowners association telling them that they need to clean up, but they do not. And this place has never been clean anytime you visit it. You go in the third building and take the elevator up to the 14th floor and go to apartment 142B and knock at the door. And when it opens, you see Grizz, your half-orc, half-elf drug dealer in his mid-30s, who looks much, much older, has a scar over his right eye, wrinkles around his eyes, looks very hardened. Hey! You're back already? Oh, yeah, uh, there's a party this weekend. I thought that uh, we could make money. You've already sold your stock from last time? Yeah. I mean, I sold it to this kid of, uh, from uh, uh, whatever that jock school is. You didn't sell him too much, did you? You know you're supposed to only sell a certain amount. He wanted all of it. Ollie, we've been over this before. Too much and they will overdose. What did you sell him? Elysium? Yeah, I sold him Elysium. I told him not to. Oliver. He said he was going to pass it on to his friends. shut up. Here is a reminder of our deal. I provide you with drugs. That makes me a bad person. I know this. I accept this. I live with it. You sell the drugs. I told you how much you can sell to a single person. And it's always enough to get them high, but not enough for them to overdose. And you sold your entire stash to a kid? All right. A fucking child? All right, message received. Get in here. We're, we're going to have Fine. a conversation. Get in the room. Grizz's apartment looks like a college kid after they get out and get their first apartment, but he's definitely much older. There's a threadbare futon that is folded out completely with a flannel bedspread. It's a studio apartment. You can see that there are dishes in the sink and that the TV is on, but it's an older model and it just has white fuzz on it. He gestures to for you to sit on the bed because there's no other place to sit. There's no table or anything or chairs. And then sits across from you. Ollie, you need to take this shit seriously. People start looking when people die from drug overdoses and you're not as slick as you think you are. Okay, I- I, I trust you to be circumspect with this shit. All right. It's not just that you could get in trouble. Do you want someone's death on your conscience? No, I- Do you? No. It is not okay to sell that much Elysium to someone. If you want to sell Lycus Root, that's fine. That's shit's normal. I can't believe it's still fucking illegal. That is fine. But you can kill someone with Elysium. I just really needed the money. I. Uh... There's always buyers. It's illegal. That means people want it. I know, but it's like, they were... Look, if you need an advance on your cut, come to me first. You don't risk someone's fucking life. Especially not someone that could name you if they survived the overdose. It's not just on your conscience. It can get you in fucking jail. What, no one overdosed. It's, everything's fine. I don't think you're taking this seriously. I was in a tough position, okay? I... 
They were going to shut off our power if we didn't pay. I had I had to sell it fast, and he was the only one I, I could find who was willing to pay that much. You cannot let bills be the reason you risk someone's life. Take it from me. It's not fucking worth it. You might have paid the bills and kept the lights on at your place, but that doesn't mean that you won't feel like shit if the news comes on and you find that someone died of a drug overdose because of shit you I know, you but sold. it's easy for you to say. You live in this really nice place, okay? I... I live in a slum hole because I don't want a paper trail. Yeah, well, you should see where I live. I have seen where you live, Ollie. You think I didn't look into you when you came to me to sell? I take care of my people. Okay? Okay. Come to me next time. I'll give you an advance. Okay. Don't risk someone's fucking life. Who was this person you sold to? Are they one of the regulars? Yeah, his name was Chad. Cool. I'm going to go send someone to watch over them. Sit here a second. I need to make a phone call. He reaches into his pocket and very clearly pulls out a burner phone and starts talking, moves over to the kitchen, but you can still hear what he's saying. Hey, it's Grizz. Yeah, I need you to do something for me. Yes, I'm going to pay you. What the fuck do you think I am? Yes, right now. I need you to do something right now. I don't give a fuck if you're with your kid. This is serious. Okay, good. I need you to go look over someone. Yes, just look over. No, you're not doing a shit. Actually. Only do the shakedown to get the product off of them. Don't do it otherwise. Don't hurt them. Don't do anything else. I'm trusting you here. You can hurt him a little bit. He's kind of a dick. Shut up, Polly. No, it's it's just my sister's kid. Ignore. No injuries. You got me? And if you can't do that, just make sure to watch them for a while. Make sure that they aren't overdosing. You got the antidote? Alright, stop by my place and then head out. Okay? Good. He hangs up, and he looks back at you. You're off Elysium duty for the time being. What? I have to. You can't. <sighs> Until I can rely on you, you cannot sell. I can give you Lycus Root. Yeah, I'll take it. Maybe some doubloons, but that's it. Okay. Take what I can get. Cool. So he walks over to the TV, and you see him poke at the air, and the TV disappears, and the wall opens, and splits down the middle with light, and opens up, and you see cold air starts to blow out of it, and there's this incredibly high-powered, illuminated, LED-ridden crystal refrigerator that is the size of the entire apartment. And you see rows and rows of canisters and also plants and other things arranged in there. All right, what kind of party is this? Uh, it's going to be a really big inter-school par- party uh, down by the train. Train. Uh... Yeah, just, you know, mostly like us through, you know, not- uh, party drugs, nothing, nothing uh, crazy. So low power psychedelics, uh, relaxants. Stuff like that. Okay. 
So he goes in and he starts pulling at things and hands you a bag of stuff. There is about a quarter of a pound of lycus root, which you know to be basically the Cisternian equivalent of pot. There is doubloons, which are tiny drugs that are shaped the gold coins that are basically mushrooms. They produce a very short psychedelic effect. He also hands you a bottle. And you know that this is filled with dragon's blood. Dragon's blood is a distillation of the herb by the same name that produces a fog that makes people relax. Thanks so much, man. I I owe you. Yeah, you do. Okay. You're lucky that I'm not cutting you. Thank you. You've been a good employee for now. Don't fuck it up. And maybe you can prove that you're worthy of selling the other stuff later. Got it? Got it. Cool. Get going. I want you out of here before he comes. All right. Ain't no one you need to meet. Ollie takes off. And we move from the Heaven Deluxe Apartments back to Varnum, where we see Cecil, who is right about to go and speak to Jell. Cecil, you know that Jell keeps her office hours in the same classroom that she teaches in, the outdoor one with the garden. As you approach, you see that Jell is meditating in the middle of the room. Across from her is Unk, who is standing there staring at her as if waiting for her to stop with their arms crossed, looking impatient. Oh, oh, Cecil will walk up to Unk and kind of saddle on up next to them. Has she been like this for a long time? Yeah, for a while. Oh, hey, Cecil. Uh, missed you at lunch the other day. What was that about? I, I, got, I got really turned around, and and then there were these two popular kids that were kind of following me, and I think they wanted to give me a hard time or something, and 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 then there was this weird conversation by a locker, and I, I couldn't get away, and. I didn't even get to eat lunch that day. Oh, I see. What's wrong with popular folks? Well, I mean, some of them are assholes, but so are other people. I know plenty of unpopular people who are assholes. I mean, it was just like, you know, this, this, it's too, it, it, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to, if they did something to you, I don't want to, like, put you down or victim blame, like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't ask what's going on. It sounds private. Yeah. Oh, it's it's fine. It's fine. We're, uh, I... It's fine. Well, are you okay, though? Yeah. Lots of things are fine, but not okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, uh, am resisting the urge to, uh, do a violent act against Jell and poke her to see if, like she'll respond and that's just not okay so i'm gonna go and try again later maybe you can get a better response is is it does it usually take this long i don't know if it does or if she's just ignoring me oh oh it's like 
I just need to ask her what chapter the reading's on because I forgot to write it down. Do you remember? Because that would be a lot easier for me. I... I don't remember. I didn't do the homework. It's page 42. You see Jell opens her eyes. Now can you go because you're interrupting my flow of energy. Unk. Yeah, hi. 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 Uh... I haven't I help you? written down that your office hours are right now. <laughs> so I... Oh, mostly people don't come, right? What do you need from me that you can't uh, just get from the plants? Well, that's the thing, actually. I, well, so, hi, I, I transferred schools. I, I don't know if you, if all of the teachers get the files or, or whatever, uh, but I... I don't uh, follow memos. They're a waste of the flesh that nourishes the earth. I... So memos and I just don't vibe together. I think that, like, I'm gonna go, Cecil. Unclean's in. There's something about talking to Jell that just sort of riles up the energy within me and makes me want to do something bad like stomp my feet or something like a child that's just not what I'm about you know you feel me unless you need my support here and I, I can I can definitely silence the the intrusive thoughts for that no no you, you know what? what's your what's your locker number oh 35b 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 all right uh, i'll uh I'll, I'll slip a note in there in, in a bit and maybe we can uh hang out later right we should totally hang out totally gotta meet my other friends i think they'd really like you and you know you should come to lunch next time yeah yeah absolutely well, good luck with everything that you're dealing with. I'm sorry that you've had a difficult time. Are you done yet? No, I, I, actually, I, I need... All right, 44B, 44B. Uh, so... Bye. Bye. Uh, so what I, I had wanted to talk to you about was actually kind of like along the same lines of what you're saying with the vibing, uh, in that I have... Plants are great, uh, but I have more of a vibe with rocks and earth and and I was just wondering since I have I mean I've already read so in my freshman year I think is the equivalent of, of this uh, Botany 101 class and I, I'm not saying that I know everything because I, I really clearly don't but I, I well um, what I had wanted to uh, really sort of uh, get uh, off off here was or out here I hmm, plants are great I was just mostly wondering if there was room in the the rubric or the curriculum or I don't know these teaching terms um, but for an independent study she raises her fingers and just puts them in front of you doesn't touch you but it's clearly a call for silence you need to 
Let the words flow from you and ease your mind and center. That will help you get your point across more clearly. So you wish to study the Earth Mother. Yes. Yes, I think that's that's where I'm... I'm... That which nourishes things to grow. That's a vibe I can get behind. We can arrange something for you if you want to study that. I do. All right. Well, why don't you let me come up with an assignment and I'll talk to you after school on Monday about it. Is that cool? What time on Monday? After our class. Uh, All right. Okay. Now I'm going to regress to the stage where we are all plants and flow with the wind. You can go now. Great. Uh, Have good regression. She raises her hands above her head, steeples them, and then sinks into a low crouch. Uh, Plant me within the earth. Let me blossom and grow. Thanks! And Cecil kind of looks around and wanders away. Okay. With that, we move to Hudson. You have been working out like crazy, going to the gym mad early to prep yourself, to get yourself amped up for tryouts next week, to try and get on the wrestling team at Varnum. And you've also been looking into things on the internet, conspiracy theories that may or may not be related to what actually happened to you. So what do you think Hudson types in to scry our version of Google? Uh, Magic, mirror color box uh that he'll probably type in like just random the random words that he heard um secret room favorite color okay please give me an investigation check that is a 10 so you start entering tangentially related things to what happened to you in the glass room And with a 10, you find a site that says Conspiracy Theories of a Madman. And you click on it. And when you open the site, you see that the screen flashes and then fizzles out. And when it comes back on again, there is an error message saying, Error 96421, virus scan in effect. Infiltration is near. Whoa, I must have stumbled on something real good. And then the porn ads start to flash up. Huh. Click here for a good time. Click here for a great time. Please touch my butt. I think range is under that. Ugh. And then you see just a bunch of ads for gay porn, just naked dudes, just all over the place. So maybe porn industry is what's underground 
That's what we have to look into. I gotta tell the other people! Furiously starts texting the group. Guys! Guys, I found this website and it was conspiracy theories of a madman. But then when I clicked it, all these like porn ads came up and I think we're on to something. I think maybe the porn industry is related to this like magic that we found in a secret room. And then Hudson like types out the link. <laughs> That's the text message that everybody gets. How does everyone respond to this? It's in all caps. I think Ollie's gonna spend like at least an hour finding the perfect dragon dildo gif and then text that back to Hudson. Within the group chat or just in general? Just straight to Hudson. I don't know how straight that is, but you know. <laughs> what Cecil will do is write down everyone's phone numbers and then do a hard reset of their phone just because no. Suri yeah, looks at it, pulls up the site, throws her phone across the room. Fortunately, it's her own room with kind of like, ah, no. Um, hit me up for a good time. No, 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 Come no, no. Come to daddy, baby. No, no, no. Oh, harder, harder, harder. No, 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 no. Hudson also texts Holly back and says, Oh, what is that? I think I found it in the dishwasher one time, but I don't know what it is. Sir Sissa, roll a pure luck check to see if it's loud enough for your parents to hear. What did you get? I would prefer not to answer. Guess who rolled a one? Oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh brutal. Sirisissa. Oh shit. As you're desperately trying to get these to close and more just keep popping up, you hear a knock on your door. Sirisissa! Are you alright? I thought I heard squealing. Harder, Daddy, harder! Sirisissa, what's happening? I I'm fine. I I just um I uh, spam pop up, I I think. I clicked a link and I'm fine. Are you sure? Everything's okay. Yes, absolutely. I just- Are you looking at anything inappropriate? No, um, but I think that uh, being on the Varnum um, Wi-Fi- uh, I love it when you do it, baby. Uh, I think I just, I'm, uh, yeah, no, everything's fine. I just got a little startled. Uh, uh, All right, well, behave yourself. Y yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you hear footsteps um, going downstairs. Yeah. Sir had actually picked up a pillow, put it on top of the phone, and is lying on the pillow just to make no noise, like, come through. Just like, please, just, just. Anyways, guys, I think I'm on to something because otherwise this website wouldn't be so well protected. <laughs> Wow. That's all that's all Ollie texts back. Wow. Hudson's the kind of guy that if this was explained to him what was happening would try to put a condom on his computer to protect it <laughs> from viruses. 
what Hudson's gonna do with his laptop is like probably just bring it to his mom and be like, I don't know what happened. And she's like, we're just gonna get you a new one. It's fine. <laughs> oh, honey, you know you shouldn't look at those kinds of sites on your computer. They just aren't safe. You should really use the subscription we pay for at the house. Yeah, but like, I went to a different website. I didn't think it was porn, and then I got porn. It's so weird. Oh, honey, that happens sometimes. It just does. Also, Ollie took a picture of your toothbrush. <laughs> what? He shows his mother the picture of the dragon dildo that... Uh, he one time found in a dishwasher and was told it was a toothbrush. Oh, oh, you mean, oh, oh, honey, no, um, um, that's, um, yes, that's, um, my, um, toothbrush, yeah. There are just things, um, you have your alone time, and I, I don't need to know about that, and well, just do it in a safe and healthy way, and and uh, don't talk about my toothbrush. Oh, I should have never left that out in plain sight. I was embarrassing enough getting Dougie to wash it in the dishwasher. Oh. And with that, we leave Hudson and his virus-ridden porn pewter to go to Surasissa. Suri, who has been going to wizardry class, even though she is very clearly not any flavor of Arcane Caster whatsoever, who has been struggling with that fact but has so far managed to keep things under the radar, also racking her brain about whether or not to go to this party. So Sirisissa, you're in your room. You've managed to shut off your phone and hard reset it so there's no more porn pop-ups. And about an hour later, you're sitting in front of your computer thinking about the problem when you message Chinchillax, your friend from fanlove.net. What do you say? Uh, Chinchi, I need some advice. I do not know what to do. Uh, and the deadline is coming close to where I have to make a decision. And I don't know if I can in time. Are, are you around? Please just... I just need somebody to talk this through. You get a message instantaneously back. Yeah, I'm here. How can I help? What, what do you need advice on? There's a party this Friday. I was invited at my new school and um, uh, my new, I think they're my friends, I guess classmates asked me to go, but I don't know. Should I even go? And if I do go, how do I explain to my parents that I'm going to a party? Or better yet, how do I go, but without explaining to my parents, but without also sneaking out or lying, because I don't think I'd be very good at either of those. And if I did go, and I did manage to find a way to convince my parents that it's okay, what do I wear? Because, like, my clothes are just, they're not party clothes. I've, I've seen TV, and I am not TV. There's dots on the Messenger app, and the first thing that appears is just, Breathe, I can feel you hyperventilating through the screen. Okay, fair. Now breathe again, because I know you're still holding it. Okay, Suri. Oh, sorry. They don't know you as Suri. What do they know your name as? Oh, um, so my pseudonym is, uh, uh, 
scales of silence. I figure they probably, if I call them like uh, Chinchi, they they might call me like uh, scales or or sigh something Scaly. like that. SOS. SOS. Ooh, that's a good one. SOS. You're in distress. Please take a breath before you hyperventilate. I can feel you not breathing through the screen. Now take another breath because I know that you're still holding it. Okay. SOS. I think you should go. I mean, you know, there's only so many times we get to experience new stuff. I think it'd be good for you to get away from your parents and maybe do something, you know, not the norm. I've been to a few parties myself. They're fun. But I'm not as cool as you are. You're plenty cool. You're just different from me. You're really talented and fun to talk to, so I don't think there'd be any problem with you going to a party. Thank you. I just... Now, your parents are... I shouldn't even ask, but they're still being awful, aren't they? I mean, it's not that they're awful. It's that they're awful, SOS. Some of the times, sometimes you say things and you're like trying to tell a joke about this time that your family did something. And I don't laugh because it's not a joke. It's actual trauma and like abuse. Like they're they're not okay. You don't understand. It's just all the ways that I like, I make things so much harder for them. No one should tell that to their... Okay, look, I I never have ever claimed to be, like, the most, like, aware person in the world, because I'm not. But, you know, I don't think good parents consider you a burden. And even if they do, they love you anyway. Your parents act like you are a leech on their leg that they can't get rid of and that's not okay we've talked about this before I d- sorry I'm I'm lecturing you again I, I, I know it's not your fault and I know you can't do anything about it it's just I, I appreciate that you care and I know it's hard and I just it's just a couple more years and then I'll go to away to college and and then maybe, and then things will be different. I'll be, I'll be different. Knowing your parents, if they're paying for your schooling, I'm not sure things will be different. Are you gonna go to the school that they choose for you too again? I mean, if that's how they're gonna pay for school, I don't really have. Look, I say go for it find a way to sneak out or something. You know that, honestly, if you're not causing problems or being quiet, they mostly ignore you until they have to acknowledge you, so. Which isn't as bad as I think you think it is. It's actually, you know, kind of nice. And I do have the trellis that leads down. Um, sometimes I, I use it to go down out and, and, and to, to the backyard when I didn't want to, when the twins are being the twins, you know how they can be but um well tell you what i'm going to a party on friday too so like if we both go we can just report back about 
what we did, and we'll have more stuff to talk about. It'll almost be like a shared experience, right? Kind of. That would be really cool. Maybe one day we can even, we'll finally have a chance to meet in person and we can go to a party together. Totally. Oh, but what do I wear? I don't have, um, uh, um, I could just wear like a sweater and like it's a normal day, right? Like people don't actually get dressed up for parties, right? That's, that's not what people do. There's a few dots on the screen. Then there's no dots, then there's a few more dots, and then there's dots, and then no dots. Um, depends on what you mean by dress up, but people usually look different and usually better than in everyday life. Um, but you know, you know, whatever, I'm sure whatever you'd wear is fine. I will actually send a picture of tomorrow's outfit because, of course, uh, I have already picked it out. It's on a hanger. There's a cardigan and then a blouse underneath it with one of those big Peter Pan collars and a dress that's beige that goes down to like my Oxfords and it's hanging up on my, um, on the back of my closet and I just take a picture and I will send that to the, uh, to our, our chat messenger app, Chris chat. Oh, I see. It's a costume party. Yeah, that'll be fine. Wait, what do you mean a costume party? I mean, that's like a school teacher or a nun's outfit, right? Costume. That's what I was wearing to school tomorrow. That's a really funny joke. Sure, whatever you actually are wearing will be fine. Anyway, I, I gotta go eat dinner with my parents, so uh, send me a photo of what you're actually gonna wear if it's not a costume party and you're just messing with me later. Bye! And Chinchillax logs off. Bye. My bye comes after uh, Chinchillax uh, logs off. Oh no. Um, and so I think I think about it for like a good probably 20 minutes, you know, way longer than it actually I should. And then I send a picture of tomorrow's outfit to the group chat because. Ollie might have ideas. Hudson is probably the kind of uh, person who would have ideas. And I don't want to make Cecil feel left out like I'm I'm not, I'm deliberately cutting them out of the conversation. So I will send them a picture of tomorrow's school outfit. And I could just wear this to the party, right? Question mark. Sent. Wait, is this a costume party? <laughs> oh no, my other friend said that. <laughs> Cecil leaves you on red. <laughs> Cecil, what a dick! <laughs> Look, I am modeling Cecil's texting habits after my own. Uh, I mean, it's fair. It's not like I do it on purpose. I just think, oh, well, I will respond to that later once I know what to say, and then I don't. Ollie texts back, You can wear anything you like. If this is what makes you happy, then that's what you should wear. But if you want to dress really cool, here. And he starts sending you links. <laughs> All really cool, punky looking stuff. Plaid skirts, cute little black tank tops, things with little snake themed like like things on them, scales, uh, snake print pants. Like just it just keeps coming. Oh, you could borrow something from my mom. 
your your mom i don't want to go dress like a mom hudson like goes to his mom's closet and takes pictures of like different dresses in varying degrees of like either crazy over the top fancy like silk gowns and then like tiny little club outfits like almost nothing in between (laughs) why are you showing me a belt what am i supposed to do with the belt cecil opens up their phone looks at all of this and hits mute notifications for eight hours (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so siri does have plaids um but all of her plaids are are like just ridiculous length the uh, the shortest the shortest dress she has is probably like three inches below her knee sorry just show us what you got and then we can pick out an outfit for you (laughs) so she goes to her closet and it's variations on the same there is a lot of beige and gray khaki there there is uh there are are you an explorer no uh there, there's some. There are some various plaids. Well, Ollie likes the plaids. So pull up the plaids. Do you have anything black? Um, black uh, looks good on everyone. She, she pulls out an oversized sweater with pearls down the front. Uh, you could rip out the neck. That'd be cute. Or you just wear the sweater with a pair of like tights and some little boots, and that'd be real cute. Oh yeah, good idea. Yeah. And rip out the neck. Just, just the sweater, though, because I'm pretty sure that'll cover you to your knees. Just the sweater, but... If it helps, I'll dress to match you. And then, like, Hudson takes a picture of, like, a little black button-up shirt he's got with little pearl, like, like, mother-of-pearl flat buttons. It's like, it fits him very snugly, and if he tried real hard, the buttons would clearly go flying. Maybe I should just bring a couple of outfits, and is there s- somewhere we could go afterwards to get dressed? Because also, I still don't know how I'm going to bring this up to my parents, but if I leave the house looking like I'm just wearing a sweater, um... Well, sir, you you basically live here too, right? So you could just come over. <laughs> I still don't actually yeah, you know, I guess there's, I guess there's locker rooms at school if you want to change there. But you have two houses, why wouldn't you just come here? I, I don't really have okay. Um also I don't really know how to put on makeup. Ollie, do you? Yeah, but like only kind of messy. I hope that's okay. Oh. My mom could help you with your makeup. Or my mom's makeup artist could help you with your makeup. Your mom has a makeup artist? Yeah. He's like real good. I don't wanna And he loves I mean, me, so he'll do anything I ask him to. So I I, re- I don't wanna put your mom out. I mean like she, she has um, a, be- a better a thousand better things to do than to 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 help your weird classmate put makeup on or Well then I could anything. ask her makeup artist, like So wait, Hudson, are we pre-gaming at your place? Yeah. Well, no, it's our place, because Siri also lives here. I, I, I don't really. <laughs> I, I really don't. <laughs> okay. Um. I guess then all I have to do is come up with a way to convince my parents that I should be able to go, or a thing to tell my parents where I can't... 
I can't, uh, I have to do it over text though. I can't tell them not to their face because if, oh man, no, because they would look at me. And then if they looked at me, oh no. When my mom has to go to parties, she always says that she's going to go do public relations. So maybe that'll help you. Just a real long silence. <laughs> Just a real. And then finally, dot, dot, dot. I think they would know. I, I, I could, maybe I could say that I am studying late. And then, what time does the party end? I mean, it probably won't end later than like ten, right? I, um, I can say that I stayed till closing at the library, and and then be back by ten. The library's open until ten. Yeah, mate. Why? Yeah, that would work, right? We'll be home for ten. I think so. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. Cecil, what are you wearing for the party? Do you need help too? The last, the last thing you see, the little like circle icon that Cecil has seen this was way up in the thread. I think Cecil has really bad reception where, wherever they live. I think Cecil doesn't like us. <laughs> what? No! Cecil and I go way back. They're just quiet. Thank you so much for helping me out. This is my very first party. And I don't want to, like, ruin it for forever. Bro, you're going to be so good. You're going to love it. So you have this text thread going. You start forming plans for tomorrow night because today is Thursday. And you figure out that you're going to go to Hudson's to pregame. Not sure that everyone in your party knows what that means, but some of you do. And so you all go to school the next day, go to your classes as normal. And it's pretty uneventful. And before you know it, it's after school. You know that the party starts at eight o'clock in the train graves. So you have about six hours to kill before then. That's not a very long party. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry about it. I'm sure we'll figure it out. Uh, hey, uh, can we walk to your house or do we need to take a, a car? Oh, you just stop in the car. Uh, all right. Uh, technically, you could walk anywhere. Does Cecil know what we're doing? I, I don't know if they ever read it. I was going to say, so by the time the eight-hour uh, notification mute has gone off, Cecil has noticed that there there's like upwards of a hundred messages, and they just scroll to the bottom and then leave you all on red. <laughs> Social anxiety! Cool. So, like, I haven't heard from Cecil, and every time I see them in the hall, they kind of walk really fast, and it's hard to look cool when you're walking fast, so I don't follow, but, uh... I know, I've been trying to, like, send them, like, things that I think they would like, but they haven't responded. That Actually, that was my next question, was whether or not those things you were sending me, you were sending me in the group chat, or in a different text? No, private. Okay, then Cecil will send you something back. Okay. Let me let me find something. Okay. Secret messages. It's just memes. Ollie's just sending pictures. Sorry, he's gotten a lot of snakes and hats. Sorry, is Hudson getting memes? I haven't found anything for Hudson yet. I was thinking like footballs. <laughs> just pictures of footballs. Just really nice pictures of footballs. Ollie hasn't quite figured out what Hudson likes yet. Suggestive sports memes. <laughs> Oh my god, like the ones that are like screenshots from gay porn with like different 
like the alternative subtitles and you different dildo attachments like or like when me and my bro are looking for my contacts that fell out it's just like (laughs) (laughs) Hudson's like I've never worn a contact before but yeah that'd be really cool if you helped your bro look for one so I, uh, I I have been texting a little bit with Cecil, but uh, not a lot. Uh, I, I could see if they're still interested in coming. I think I know where their locker might be. Uh, do you guys mind waiting here? I'm going to try find Cecil. That sounds good. I go look looking for Cecil in all the usual haunts. Cecil right now is wandering around in the region of lockers 30 through 50 uh, with a note in their hand because they forgot which one was Unk's locker and they're trying to remember. Is it 44B or 32A? Cecil, please give me an insight check and Ollie, give me an investigation check. It's a dirty 20. Cecil, you think really hard trying to remember this number and then it comes to you and you remember that it definitely is 44B. They're gonna walk up to 44B. Shoot, I think I'm wrong. I'll just find them at lunch. And they'll stick the note back in their pocket. Ollie, what did you get? I only have an eight. You look for Cecil, but you're unable to find them. Uh, I head back outside. Uh, can't find Cecil. Right, well, Cecil said they were interested in researching that uh, weird box thing. Yeah, I, I've got a book also. I kind of wanted to talk to everyone about that. Um, could could we just text them your address and they could meet up with us? Yeah, well, Cecil knows where I live. Oh yeah, I keep forgetting your friends. Text Cecil a picture of the book. Cecil loves books. Ollie does it. Or tell Cecil that you found a bug, and then uh, look up the name of a weird bug. That I'm just gonna text in the group chat. Cecil, looking for you. Going to Hudson's. Have some research. And it's a picture of the book. Cecil's phone goes off. They look at this. What time? Now to 8 p.m. They put the phone back in the pocket and they start walking to Hudson's. But they have to leave the school, so they probably run into you Yeah, guys. you would run into us outside. You walk to the front and you see all three of them are right in front of the school after you open the doors. There's a pause and they look at everyone that's gathered. And they sigh, straighten their vest... Because at this point, they can't wear their old school blazer, so they're sort of dressed like a junior wilderness explorer. Because that's really all they've got for casual wear. They go to walk up to all of you. Cecil, hi! Hey, buddy. Ollie was starting to think that you didn't like us. Everything okay? Cecil briefly lets their eyes flick to Ollie and then to the floor. I never, I never said that or anything. Yeah, that's what I said. But, you know, he's sensible. No, I'm not. Let's go! So you all pile into Hudson's car and go to his house. Oh! Hudson, please describe what your car looks like. In the first episode, you were going to school with Chad Morris, your 
friend who you haven't heard from since you got kicked out of Carthright. What does your own car look like? Uh, Hudson probably drives what is closer to like a higher end, like Honda, something that looks like it could be raced, but probably hasn't been. Um, it's all black, very shiny. The inside is actually like meticulously clean, which might be surprising for somebody uh, that looks like Hudson, but like his car is just like, like pristine inside. It still has new car smell. <laughs> still smells like new car. And when it turns on, it play, immediately starts playing like, like poppy pop music or like top 50s kind of, kind of stuff. It has a sunroof, but it is not a convertible. Nice car. Shotgun. I don't mind sitting in the back with Cecil. Cecil, you don't mind? So you all pile into Hudson's car and he starts driving towards his house. It takes you about 15, 20 minutes with downtown traffic to get through to the more ritzy part of town. Sir Sissa, you recognize the same route that you went when you were going home to Hudson's house that you now apparently also live in. And Cecil, you know this too, that Hudson has lived in this house for as long as you've known him. But Ollie, this is the first time you get to see exactly how wealthy Hudson's family is. You roll up to a gated mansion, the sides of it are painted light pink with white trim. There are white marble columns all over the place. There's even a fountain of a beautiful elven woman spraying water out of her hand in front with circular perfectly placed cobblestones around it and gardens with bright, vibrant flowering trees. There's even an apple orchard on the other side. It's possibly the biggest house you've ever seen. Ollie looks increasingly angry the further in they drive. Oh, do you not like this music, bro? You could change it. That's, that's like shocking. Ollie changes the radio. I know that like, Taylor Smith is usually pretty uh, polarizing for a lot of music listeners, so you know, um, I won't take it personally. Yeah, polarizing, yeah. What do you need all this for? Like, you really seriously need an apple orchard? A fountain? Well, where are you gonna get apples from? Oh my god. You know, you could have spent any of this money on, like, helping other people. Never mind. So you pull up to the front in your car, and I assume Hudson just jumps out? Yep. Immediately? You jump out and throw your keys in the air, and instantaneously, a man appears, grabs him out of the air, and says, In the usual spot, sir. Yes, please. Oh, these are my buddies. I want to introduce you to my friends. It is lovely to meet Sir Hudson's family. I am the valet. Cecil has a, a recollection of how this all goes, but still is uncomfortable. Suri had gone through this just a few days ago, and you know what? Still weird. So the valet gets into the car and drives it off, and you see that down the path is a massive garage in the same colors as the house, and the doors automatically open, and you see rows and rows of cars before the Honda, the not Honda, walks in. The Ponda. You see the Ponda 
zooms in, get a view of a bunch of other fancier cars, and then the doors close. You walk up to the front doors, these massive white gold-trimmed things, and before any of you can reach for the handle, they just automatically open and Hudson just walks in. Ollie's having a really hard time containing the look of disgust on his face. The front entryway, the foyer, has a white spiral staircase that reaches up to the top floor where you can see that there's definitely a balcony. The floors are white marble. There's a gold statue to the left of the staircase that you're not sure if it's real, but it definitely looks like it is. There are two standing guards wearing pink uniforms. They have swords and guns by their side, but are wearing pink uniforms and don't say anything to you when they en- when you enter. They just stand there and then close the doors. Hey guys! Hudson says hi to everybody. <laughs> Hello, sir, they say in unison. These are my friends. It is nice to meet you, friends of Sir Hudson. Oh, darling, are you home? You hear your mother call from upstairs. Yeah, Ma! And you three see coming across the balcony to the edge, leaning over, you first see the ample bosom popping out of a teddy. There's a long pink robe trimmed with marabou, and you see a cascade of perfectly waved silver hair, and this gorgeous woman with a perfect face, elven features, looks down at you with turquoise eyes. Oh, sweetie, you brought guests. And she walks down the staircase, but it's more of a glide. You see the robes follow her effortlessly and sort of float on the air. And she's wearing heels that have feathers on the toe in this white, pinkish sort of cream color. And that she's moving with the kind of grace that someone only has when nothing can faze them. Are you Hudson's friends from his new school? It's lovely to meet you. You remember Cecil, right? Cecil? Oh, your friend from way back when. Cecil is deeply uncomfortable by the bosom. Oh, Cecil, sweetie, it's been so long. What kept you away? And Typhesia, Hudson's mother, who you know, gets up to you and wraps you in a big old hug. Breast just poking against you. If a man runs it's an old no, you need to give the breasts a personality. <laughs> they boo boobly. They need to have their own story arc. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I should I should probably rephrase that. So Typhesia comes over to you and wraps you in a big tight hug. And because you're And her friendly breasts press against me <laughs> massagingly. Oh my god, don't don't say that. We're gonna get railed on the internet by some yeah, white dudes, and I just don't wanna deal with it. Okay. <laughs> we're not into getting railed by white dudes. <laughs> So Typhesia glides over to you and wraps you in a hug with her heels. You know that she's normally probably about your height, but you've never seen her without heels. So she's about three or four inches taller than you. And your head just rests against her bosom. Wait, how tall is Cecil? Uh, I I think like five, seven. Oh, okay. Oh, I am the tallest. Typhesia is almost six feet in these heels. They're very high. Oh, honey, it's so good to see you around Hudson again. Where have you been? I thought your family moved away or something. 
So good to see you again. Yeah, and uh, this is Ollie, and this is Suri. Typhesia let goes of Cecil and looks over to Ollie and Suri and just walks over to both of you and wraps her arms around both of you and pulls you in. How are you, dears? confused. Oh, sweetie, is something uh, the thank matter? Thank you. You look upset. Do you need some water? A nice cold beverage? Maybe a frozen drink? Non-alcoholic, of course. I'm not a monster. Oh, oh, wait, no. Uh, Suri wanted help with her makeup, and I don't know how to do that. But I didn't know if you did. Oh, you mean Brian? Uh, yeah, if he's around. Uh, of course he's here, honey. You know he and his husband moved in a little while back. This is Suri's first party, so we're like really excited to take her. Suri is having a problem. It is a mix of, oh my god, I will never look like this. I, I will never be that. This is just a pinnacle of womanhood that I, is shut to me forever. Oh my god, Hudson's mom is really hot. I can't think Hudson's mom is really hot. That's incredibly rude, but she is super really hot. And then just... I don't think my mom has ever been that warm ever in her entire life. To me, never mind to random strangers, I'm having so many parental feels. So Suri is just having so many thoughts and so, like, just, it's 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 very loud in her head. And now she kind of understands Hudson a little better, like, because she's not forming words. You see that Typhesia looks at your clothes and looks at your face. Oh... I suppose you'll be needing an outfit, too, hmm? I brought an outfit, and Suri pulls out an outfit, including the black button-down. Oh, well, I mean, that's very nice, Suri, dear. But, well, perhaps we can get something that suits your figure a bit better. Oh, you see that she walks over to you and starts pulling your clothes back so they're more fitted? Oh, well, that's a surprise. This is quite good. We can work with this. Well, I can work with anything, but this is a really good start. Cecil looks at everything but what is happening. Uh, uh, oh, well, why don't you all make yourselves at home? Surrey, was it? Why don't we take a trip to my closet and see Brian? He's a magician. I I wouldn't want to take your clothes. I don't want to be rude. Oh, darling, don't worry about it. This is absolutely wonderful. I can't wait to do this. Okay. Thanks, Mom. Suri does sort of look to the others for help, but she has a feeling nobody's assisting. Come on, Suri. Let's make it happen. Okay. Oh, wait. Oh, but James is still upstairs. I hope he figures it out. Those ties can be complicated. You know what? I'll just send Dougie up later. At this point, I would like Ollie to make an insight check, as well as Cecil and Sir Cecil. Thirteen. Ten. I have a fourteen. So all of you passed this roll because it wasn't very hard. 
Sarasissa, as Typhesia takes your hand to pull you up the stairs, and she looks back at you as she's about to go up and says, this is going to be delightful. You remember a magazine cover on this exact same staircase with that exact same pose with her hair more curled, wearing a diamond encrusted gown. And the title of the article was Noble CEOs of Maharasham interviewing the controversial figure of Typhesia I Lover, heiress, noblewoman, and now expat of the elven homeland. And Ollie and Cecil. Cecil, you may not have realized this as a kid, but you put two and two together and you realize that this woman has appeared on multiple TV programs, has appeared on different different shows. She was a judge on Cisternia's Next Top Model. She's been a judge for different beauty pageants. You know now that Hudson's mother is Typhesia I Lover, the former CEO of I Lover Industries based out of Maharasham, who left her company and her country to come to Aria. You also know that she gave up her noble standing when she left Maharasham and now resides in Aria. It was all over the news a few years back and the royal family of Maharasham refused to do interviews about it. So no one really knows why. She's been in and out of tabloid since. Yeah, it sounds awful. So... You have a book, right? You're going to share the book with Cecil? Yeah, yeah. Can I interest any of you in a refreshment? You see the butler walks up. Douglas Fern. He is the butler of the family. He is a human, uh, graying brown hair. Kind of handsome in a distinguished sort of way. Has a very well-kept beard. Pretty tall. May I interest you in a refreshment of any kind? Dougie! Hey! Hello, master. Forgive me my manners. How are you doing? Oh, great. These are my friends. You probably remember Cecil. Uh, and this is Ollie. Of course I remember Cecil. I remember all your friends. Even the ones that are... Well, one does not say rude things in polite company. It is lovely to see you again, Cecil. I'm so glad that you returned. Now, if you will follow me to the parlor, I can see about getting you some refreshments. Thanks, Doug. Maybe it will be apples from the apple orchard. Douglas, or Dougie brings you down the hallway and walks into this lavishly appointed parlor room. There's a fireplace which isn't on because it's September and it's pretty warm, but it's made out of marble. There are two golden statues on the top of it of cherubs. And there is a couch, like there is a Victorian or the real life equivalent of a Victorian couch with plush pink velvet with sort of heart designs into it. There's a fur carpet that looks faux, but it's clearly very expensive. And there are different cabinets that are edged in gold filled with awards and trophies and other things. A lot of them have Hudson's name on them. There's also a family portrait hanging over the mantle, which has Hudson and his mother and the butler next to her. Now, if you'd like to be seated in wow. one of the sleeping areas, I would be happy to provide you with some refreshments. Is there anything you'd like to request in particular? Uh, I remember that Cecil was a big fan of vegetables. Ollie, I've seen eat, like, a lot of candy. Uh, 
Uh, uh, water sounds great. Acceptable. I shall bring a sort, an assortment of all the things you've requested. And Dougie walks away. After bowing. An assortment of water? There's more than one kind of water? Uh, yeah, there's like the cow with bubbles in it, and then there's the kind with flavors in okay, it. Okay, uh, so, uh, the you know, that's, that's good. Uh, you know what? Let's, uh, let's look at this book. So you sit on the couch and you open up the book and skim through it. Can you give me an investigation check since you're looking through it now, not with any particular purpose or aim? Uh, that's a... Cecil could probably assist, right? Yes. Sure. Or Hudson. Anyone can get the help action if you're looking over. I love how you assume... I love how you assume nerd means smart. Does any... Do you give it, Cecil? I... I, Yeah, I'll help. With the help action, I have a 18. So you and Cecil pour over the book, looking at it, and Cecil sort of starts pointing things out. And you come across the symbol that you were looking at before, which is indeed the sigil of Barnum, both the school and the hero. You learn a few things that you recall from school but had completely forgotten, particularly that the names of the 10 heroes were Isadiah Barnum, the greatest hero of the group and their leader. There was Carmen Hostef, a dwarven paladin from the north. There was Elizabeth Harkin, who was an arcane scientist and magical researcher who is known for having lost her natural sorceress abilities and regaining them through the use of her alchemical abilities. There was Eris Bladesworn, who's the most mysterious of Isodiah's companions and the one that people know the least about. You learn that the author has formed a few theories about who she may have been or may not have been, but most of it's just supposition. You also see that there is a mention of Elias and Hecate Lothmorin, who both founded Lothmorin School of Enchantment and Magic. And they were half-elven twins from Maharsham, who relocated and were the first to join up with Isadiah Varnum when he was forming his group together, before the War of the Fell, which I'll get to after. You learn that the remaining companions are Oriana Sortooth, a dragonborn general from Array who founded Carthright. There's Lisbeth Harkin, who was a founder of Havisham, who regained her powers, as I said before. Then there was James Callum, the founder of the Conservatory and a famous bard. And Karaman Hostef, who was a dwarf from the north. You also learn about the final companion, who was known as Lightbringer who is said to have joined with Isadiah in the last part of his journey and then fell in the war itself. As we're kind of paging through these things and Cecil's helping me, I'm like, has, has, uh, has Hudson always been this rich? I mean, yes, I... Cecil will not look at Ollie after Ollie asks this and just continue to kind of like... And we'll just continue to kind of point at words that look important on this page. Well, yes. I sort of forgot. It's weird, right? It's really weird. I'm kind of worried about Sarah. You mean Suri? Her name is Surisissa. 
Have I been saying it wrong this whole time? Yeah, yeah, I think you have. Should I go... Should I go check? Check on what? Sorry. On Sarissa? I don't know, mate. She's getting changed. I don't know if that's a good time. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mean it that way. I, 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 I just meant because, it, yeah, no, I, that's not, not what I meant at all. Hey, what are we whispering about? Uh, books. Has Hudson just been watching them this entire time? Kind of. <laughs> like, he's in the room. <laughs> he was trying to be polite, but then he was just like, should I be whispering too? <laughs> yeah, it's whispering time. Oh, Okay. Should I also be whispering? You see that Dougie has come back holding two trays, one with drinks and assortment of different types of water and juice, and the other one has a vegetable plate, an assortment of charcuterie, and a few other things that he lays on the coffee table in front of you. Aw, thanks, Dougie. That's really nice of you. We're reading. Do you always whisper when you're reading? I don't know. Is that something that you do? I don't read a lot. So, well, I wish you luck in your game. I will be only in the kitchen if you need me. Thanks, Dougie. You're the best man. Thank, thank you so course, much for, for the for the water. We uh, thank you. We you're can welcome. definitely mm-hmm. get drink, mm-hmm. drinks ourselves if we need. Oh no 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 no! Please, sure? it's perfectly fine. Ollie's already stuffed his mouth and can't even say thank you as as Dougie leaves. There's also a bowl of candy, assorted candy that looks very expensive oh. in there. Mm. And Dougie walks off. Okay. After so, bowing, of course. Wait a minute. Does this book talk about any of these people's favorite colors? Uh, we haven't got to that part yet. Uh. Oh, okay. Because I feel like the color thing is like kind of important. You know? Yeah, it seems like it's important. And it seemed like there was, like, a some kind of, like, uh, that, that voice that was talking to us. It was talking about, like, like sort of computer things, right? Yeah, like a broken computer. Yeah, it's really strange, right? It just kept saying, like, words? I mean, was... I don't really know much about how the technologies developed in uh, this part of the world. But would they have had that kind of tech back then? I don't know anything about tech today. I don't know that I can help you with tech from, like, then. I guess I'm asking Cecil and, and not you. Cecil, do you know anything about? I, I honestly really don't know anything about tech either. I, I mean, I know a lot about theoretical science fiction kind of tech, but, like... But I don't know how my phone works. It just does. Oh. From upstairs, you hear, Oh, don't worry about the pain, darling. It'll go away shortly. (laughs) No. Just breathe. (laughs) The Princess Diaries is just happening upstairs right now. Are we about to have a moment? Are we about to have a like Surrey descends the staircase? <laughs> like 
like teen movie. What's that song from? What's that song from? She's all that. That like. I feel like it was like the cardigans Here's or something. Me. That one. <laughs> Don't get us copyright striked. So I'm gonna say that you three are in the room looking through this book and also arguing amongst yourselves for like two or three hours. It's now about six o'clock. The sounds from above you have only gotten periodically quiet and then louder again as more things have been visited upon Surrey that she was not prepared for. How long does it take to get ready for a party? Well, like, if my mom's doing a PR event, it'll take, like, all day. What? Yeah. What is your life? How do you live this way? You have no idea what the world is like outside of here, do you? You poor, sheltered little animal. God. Is Ollie okay? I'm not okay. Is he having a stroke? And he eats more candy. Don't worry about it, Sir Asissa. The aloe will help with the burn. Promise. (laughs) That's it. And Cecil gets up and goes upstairs. So Cecil storms up and out of the room, clearly worried for Sir Assis's well-being, and goes upstairs. You very quickly find the room that they're in because one, the sounds from coming from it are more and more worrying. And also because it's the only room that has circular doors that say in gold font across the front, dressing room. With a star and Typhesia's name in front of it. So Cecil stops in front of this door and they kind of grit their teeth, sigh again, and knock. Oh, who's there? We're, we're kind of busy in here. I, I, hi, it's Cecil. I just wanted to, to check on. Well, well, I, I just wanted to check on Surrey. Everyone has clo- clothes on? Yes, we're fully clothed. All right. Um, Surrey, you have clothes on, darling. Do you feel like you're naked? I, I mean, a little bit. This is sore. I won't come in if you don't want me to. It's, it, no, it's, it's Cecil, you can come in. It's okay. I mean, like, salient bits are covered. I'm just a little... <clears throat> Not my start. This isn't how I come in. It's okay. You can tell me what you think. Cecil comes in, but is is covering their their eyes, kind of just like looking down at the floor. I just wanted to. There was some. There was some sounds of distress. Maybe we thought. So you walk in. And you're looking down at the ground, covering your eyes, but you manage to see that the layout in here has changed. When you were much younger, there was pink shag carpeting. It's now white. And you sort of start peeking up a bit and you see rows and rows of clothes and then a central circular vanity that looks like it can spin to different sections depending on what is necessary. You also see display cases reaching about 30 feet back that are filled with shoes that probably cost more than your house. And when you finally sort of peek out fully from under your hands, you see that Typhesia and 
Brian, the makeup artist, who is a water genasi with swirling hair that goes from pink to blue to green to purple and is in like a cascading wave to the side, very highly styled. And they both turn and look at you over their shoulder. Typhesia is wearing a smile. Brian just looks like he's curious who you are. Oh, honey, are you here to see the transformation? Only if Suri is all right with that. Uh, yeah, it's okay. I'm no longer in the shoes that I uh, thought I was going to die in, so... Oh, honey, they were only six inches. Uh-huh. That's like the base of what I own. You have such yeah. wonderful thighs and your... Oh, I'm getting carried away again. Forgive me. (laughs) I swear, perfect figures are wasted on the self-conscious. Why don't you show your friend what you look like? Then take a look in the mirror, sweetie. You're gorgeous. This is the most incredible transformation I've ever done. This is... Thank you for bringing... I, I feel inspired to do... Are you looking for any modeling work, darling? Uh, um... I don't... I feel like both Cecil and Surrey squeak at that. <laughs> there, there, there is... So, so Cecil sort of starts peeking between their fingers. Oh, don't put any pressure on the girl, Brian. She can barely handle her shoes. So they move away from you, and you, Sir are sitting in a plush velvet chair. Please describe what has happened to you. Sir uh, is no longer wearing her hair in two long braids. It is not down, because if it were just down, it would be a truly ridiculous length. Uh, it has been pulled up to the top of her hair in kind of a tall top knot and then left to stream down over her shoulders and down her back the bottom has been curled uh as for a dress it she is in a dress it is even probably conservative uh on the scale of typhesia uh it goes down to it is a a deep green bodycon dress that goes down to um, o- to almost her knee with a very deep cut square collar that shows off far more bosom than Suri ever has in her entire life since she's grown them in like seventh grade with gold strappy sandals on that have a slight heel but were not the six inch tall heels that one of the screams had been from when uh, she was walking and fell. Uh, She's also wearing an impressive amount of undergarments, which she had not come in with, but Tafisha's like, oh, I I haven't even worn these yet. Like, they all still have tags on them, and she's just like, here, darling, you need good foundation support, and Suri's just like, um... Suri also does not understand how Tafisha lives, and Suri, you know, her family's doing well for themselves. But yes, so, um... Uh, when Suri is not dressed like somebody hung a sheet over her and painted it drab, uh, <laughs> as as Typhesia mentioned, she uh, actually has quite a figure with very, very long legs. And her expression is still classic Suri, though. It was really hard for them to get a good uh, color foundation for the makeup because they had to get her to stop blushing first. 
And that took some time. Very, very dark, smoky eyes, though. And bright red lips. Uh, do I look okay? Y- yes, you you look... I- I'm not the right person to... Are you comfortable? Oh, honey, you look divine. Come look at yourself. Typhesia takes your hand and pulls you up out of the chair and puts you in front of one of the many mirrors in the room. Just look at this. She gestures, she doesn't touch you, but she gestures to the curve of your waist and the length of your leg. Honestly, it's a travesty to cover this up. If I had a figure like this at your age, I could have ruled the world. Or at least a small country. You're beautiful. You're just so beautiful. Oh, honey. Thank you. But look at you. Look at yourself. You look amazing. Brian, what do you think? And you see Brian walks over. You have a perfect face for makeup. Oh, thank you. I... I, I mean, I can, I could imagine this is, I've never even, my mom has never, this is just, and I love the way you kind of, I don't normally like the way that my scales look because they, you've made them look really pretty and shiny and I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Well, of course I did. Wanty coloration is, well, for some maybe a challenge to match, but every makeup artist should know how to work with skin other than her own. So, you were an absolute delight, despite the crying. That was a little difficult, but I'm sure you'll adjust. And, and I'm sorry for the three, four, four, five. I'm sorry for the five times that I ruined the eye makeup, because this looks very good, and I didn't. And the time that I sort of, I accidentally, with your the, the mascara brush, um, thank you, sorry. Uh, husband has been texting you the last, like, couple of minutes. What have you been texting? It's in the chat. No, you, you, you to have say to say okay. it out loud because we are a podcast. Well, I didn't know if you wanted it in the podcast or not. It has to, okay. If you mention it, it has to be in the podcast. Right. Hudson has been texting Suri the last like couple of minutes or so. It says, Yo, Suri, come down the stairs. Pause. Make a grand entrance, bro. Suri, Suri, Suri. And then clap emoji, fireworks emoji, eyeglasses emoji. Suri, I am about to impart some knowledge upon you. Knowledge that has been a deeply kept secret for a long, long time. I am going to teach you something that not even my son knows. Something that not even the most powerful sorcerers know the true power of. I, Typhesia lover, am going to teach you the secret of how to make an entrance. Okay. And...
that's all we're going to do today. Sorry about it. <laughs> it better be the fucking bend and snap. <laughs> this is a secret to make everyone stare at you. Sorry, he's like, I do not want this secret. This is the last secret I should ever be informed of. This has been Fast Times at D&D High. I'm Persephone. You can find me at Persephoroth everywhere online. Hi, I'm Caro, and you can find me on all the things at Caromer, spelled with a zero. I'm Nuance, and you can follow me at Shatteraven, R-A-V-Y-N, on Twitter, and Booksome Wench on Twitch. Check out Dungeons and Dracinis, my Pokemon homebrew. I'm Ren, and I live on Twitter at Atomic Firebird. I'm also at make underscore believe underscore on Twitch, where I run indie system one-shots and do a weekly interview show. I'm Elise, several sentient otters, and I'm not on the internet. Don't at me. You can also find all of us on Twitter at Fast Times D&D. That's Fast Times D, the letter N-D. If you want to support us, please visit us at patreon.com slash Fast Times D&D. Again, Fast Times D, the letter N-D. If you want to know more about the world, the players, or the characters, check us out at FastTimesDnd.com. In case you didn't get it last time, that's FastTimesD, the letter N, D.com. Written transcripts of our episodes are provided by Nuance Vivian. Fast Times at D&D High is an Arcanacast production. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved. Our editor is Derek B. Perry. Our theme song was produced by Derek B. Perry and Ashley Abbott. Our background music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod. Licensed under a creative commons. Find individual track listings in our show notes. And that's all the things. Still don't at me. That's all, folks. Tune in next time to hear the story. And also, you can totally add Elise. Like, we keep saying this, like, totally add her. It's like, at Otter Nonsense on Twitter. Otter underscore nonsense underscore. Yeah, go bug her. She's super hot. Okay, that's... Okay. We're all super hot. You're just dating Elise. (laughs) (laughs) Elise is my partner. They're lovers. I I win. Uh, a mockery, the highest form of humor. <laughs> All right, we're, we're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. That was really cute. <laughs> Ooh, it's all going in. Okay, so some customized intros are fun. <laughs>